You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Since 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast Network has led the podcasting space for the pharmacy industry. This network of pharmacists and pharmacy technicians leads the podcasting charts with more than 2 million downloads, 40 different stations, and new episodes every week. The Pharmacy Podcast Network is the number one podcast for the pharmacy professional. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and all your favorite podcast players. Join the Pharmacy Podcast Nation today. We're excited to have RX Destroyer sponsoring the Pharmacy Podcast Network. RX Destroyer is transforming the drug disposal space by bringing your facility and patients a simple and effective method of safely disposing of unused, unwanted medications. If you're worried about drug diversion and federal rules compliance, learn how RX Destroyer can keep you DEA compliant by checking out www.rxdestroyer.com forward slash pharmacy podcast network. Everyone's been listening to the Pharmacy Podcast for the years that that we've been doing it. You know that uh, the background that I've had, uh, founder of the Pharmacy Podcast, uh, Todd Yuri. Glad that you're here again for another episode. But my background has been pharmacy since 2004. But within that background, I was part of a team of uh, of, of counselors, of pharmacists, of doctors. Um, in the opioid uh, usage disorder field of healthcare, and I believed that if you leveraged a pharmacist's knowledge of medications, especially for patients that were suffering with OUD, opioid usage disorder, that had another chronic condition, that you could really tackle the holisticness need of that patient, whether they have hypertension or diabetes or a mental disorder, a mental a behavioral issue that a pharmacist could really dig into. And through my uh, ventures in that sector of healthcare, I ran into RX Destroyer, who is uh, the manufacturers of a product that helps to disintegrate and, and properly dispose of unused uh, medications, psychotropic medications and um, medications that uh, that are in your cabinet, your under your desk or in your briefcase that your kids could get a hold of or could be diverted or and i was really passionate about partnering with them they've been an amazing partner to the pharmacy podcast uh, network and they've brought us several episodes on proper drug disposal and um, we got to interview the attorney general's office of pennsylvania alan mcgill uh, he's a senior supervisor and a special agent and today's episode is also brought to you by the Arx Destroyer team and bringing us some interesting um, intelligence on the subject. I'd like to introduce to the Pharmacy Podcast Nation, Mr. Benjamin Mink. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast. Thank you, Todd. It's an honor to be here. I appreciate you having me on the show. You're very welcome. Uh, fellow, um, I guess, uh, Missouri Valleyan. I guess that's what we say uh, with with you being in the, the great city of Cincinnati. I'm over here in Pittsburgh. So Bengals versus Steelers is always a fun game to watch. I hope I hope they have that game this coming up uh, season. We'd have two to watch. 
but um, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Ben, and, and, and what you're doing. Yeah, so I am the, the founder and CEO of GTC Consulting. Um, we are a consulting firm based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, our services uh, cater to the pharmaceutical industry, the pharmaceutical supply chain. We uh, primarily help with DEA compliance matters. Um, so that could be anything from risk assessments to site inspections to development of standard operating procedures um, to holistically developing a DEA compliance program. Um, and within that same vein, we also do some quality uh, support type work. So for example, you've probably heard of the VOD accreditation through the National Association of Boards of Pharmacy. So we often help distributors in that process manage that project from A to Z and help them get that accreditation ultimately. But we've had some great opportunities over the past uh, couple of years, founded in, in 2018. So we're a young organization. But we've got some excellent experts and some great talent on our team. And uh, fortunately, we've been afforded great opportunities to help uh, healthcare and the pharma industry succeed. Uh, pharmacists obviously have a critical role each and every day. And uh, we, we do what we can to make sure they can focus on the healthcare aspect and we help manage the risk. And you're also helping pharmacy and the industry to understand um, the different levels of, of accreditation in order to understand how that folds back into the business of pharmacy. You wrote an article recently that I'm going to have in our show notes, which was titled The Effect of COVID-19 on the NAPB's Drug Distributor Accreditation Program and the Future of Accreditation and Reaccreditation. And I love the writing. Um, I love the reference to if murder hornets and the Saharan desert dust and squirrel testing positive for botulism and keeping you awake at night. You know, now we have to worry about another uh, level of accreditation called drug distributor accreditation. So I really enjoy not only the, the humor in that article, but the intelligence that is kind of a, a, a flag uh, of our industry saying, hey, we, we got to keep you plugged into what's necessary as there's more complexities today than there were 20, 30, 50 years ago. Can you expand on, on this accreditation and format and, and how GTC consultants uh, consulting is helping? Absolutely. So the, the drug distributor accreditation, for those that don't know what it is, um, it's, it's the NABP's accreditation program for wholesale drug distributors. It used to be called the VOD accreditation, which is the verified accredited wholesale distributor. It's sort of a mouthful, but... Um, it, the program was originally developed uh, by the National Association of Boards of Pharmacy to ensure that distributors adhered to certain standards uh, that, that really focus on quality and drug diversion prevention, ensuring that as those, those, those medications flow downstream to the pharmacy and then obviously to the end user, that they are um, properly maintained, that they are, they have procedures in place for quarantining and, and wasting, proper wasting procedures and practices in place, that there are proper temperature controls in place, that the proper licensing is there. So it, it's multifaceted and it's a, 
significant undertaking for distributors. Uh, and for those that are, are kind of aware and paying attention to what's happening over the last couple of years in the industry, the pharmacy benefit managers have told the pharmacies, hey, we're not going to give you the, the reimbursements that you, you would typically get if you don't use an accredited distributor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this has really created a, a massive push for distributors that do not have the accreditation to, to get it. Uh, and that's where we kind of serve as that uh, support and project lead. We have been involved in bought accreditations for five years, even though we've only existed here for a couple of years. Uh, I was involved in them prior to uh, starting GTC Consulting. And so now we've been involved in at least, I would say, 15 bought accreditation projects over the last five years. And we've really been able to help a lot of folks from startup uh, entities to those that have existed for some time to get that accreditation. And so that really ensures that you as, as a pharmacist on the pharmacy end, that you're receiving quality products, that they've gone through a very intense process um, that solidifies that they are doing things the way they should be in terms of DSCSA compliance, track and trace, uh, and all of those other things that were, were previously mentioned. So let's uh, shift the gear back to um, disposal and how that plays into what the GTC consulting team does when you go to a new client that's looking for your guidance in order to ensure that proper disposal is taking place as well as that state and federal regulations are being adhered to. How do you guys play into the uh, consulting side and the recommendations that you're giving to healthcare organizations, not just pharmacies and not just distributors and not just compounding labs, but the entire pie of, of healthcare. How does uh, GTC consulting fit into recommendations around uh, disposal? So yeah, that, that's a pretty easy one, Todd. So it's it, in looking at whether it's a pharmacy, a distributor, whatever the case may be, uh, proper disposal is, is critical. And the reason that it's critical is because it, it creates if you're not properly disposing of the medications, you create a scenario in which there's a major risk of drug diversion. There's a major risk of and potential for abuse. Um, the old adage, out of sight, out of mind, is a very dangerous thing when it comes to um, prescription medication, especially controlled substances. Uh, I've been in, in independent pharmacies, unfortunately, in the past that they have significant amounts of, of unused, expired, or damaged um, medications on site that have, have been there for a significant period of time. And uh, that, that creates a risk. Those things are, are not being monitored necessarily appropriately all the time. And that's where a, a, an advocate and, and an expert can come in and say, hey, you need to focus on proper and safe disposal of these medications. And the big concern for a lot of our clients, and especially smaller organizations where you're dealing with an independent pharmacy or you're dealing with a a smaller distributor or startup distributor, the big concern is what is this gonna cost us? Is it it viable to do this? Um, Is it it something that we can afford? And And then how challenging is it? The great thing about Rx Destroyer, and the reason we've recently become such an advocate of it, 
is it's a practical disposal method. Mm-hmm. It's compliant. It's environmentally friendly. Uh, it, it just makes sense. From a cost perspective, it makes sense. Uh, on the distribution side, when you're talking about spending a significant amount of money to use a reverse distributor, it just doesn't make sense, especially when you may have a limited amount of quarantine for a smaller distributor to do that. So the Arx Destroyer product creates a way that you can safely dispose of those medications easily. It's practical. It's cost effective. It's compliant. There's really not there's nothing to not like about it. It's a, it's a fantastic product. And that's why we've become a huge advocate uh, amongst our clients and really just in healthcare in general across universities and law enforcement agencies. Um, so, so we certainly advocate for that product and uh, we think it, it definitely helps the registrants in the supply chain, especially from a controlled st- substance perspective, operate in a manner that's consistent with the public's interest. And that's really what it's all about is ensuring that we're not operating in a manner that's counterproductive to the mission of healthcare. We want to make sure that we are, we're doing our job. And I, I think of the community pharmacy environment, uh, both the national chain, the micro chain regional, and then the, even the one store that's serving their communities. And I think of the world of, of pain management and opioids that are, are now restricted in comparison to how they were uh, two, five, 10, 20 years ago. Um, and I think of Dan Schneider, who's known as the Netflix uh, special, The Pharmacist. He's been on our show twice, and we brought Camille Schreier on, who is our current Miss America that is also a future pharmacist and she's an, a chemist and she's extremely uh, plugged into the opioid uh, usage disorder issue that we're having. And when I think of what they shared with me with regards to the need for protocols, simple protocols and affordable protocols around disposal and education to the, um, to the patients that are taking those opioids home, I immediately wanted uh, there to be some kind of federal and a minimum state uh, mandate where they say, hey, you have to have a disposal plan in place so that when you counsel a patient about the seriousness and the addictive properties of opioids, you also coach them and teach them about proper disposal and maybe giving uh, you know, the state an opportunity to come up with a plan or even a donation uh, for their first dose per se of a small bottle of the Arx Destroyer product that says, hey, here's how you destroy it. Here's how you get rid of you know, any of the, um, because I know that some of the DEA efforts, which is admirable and they do a great job with the drug take back days, you know, they'll, they'll collect at the sh- local sheriff's office. That's, that's terrific. But with the busyness of people's lives, if, if they had an ability to, to, you know, not flush stuff down the commode for goodness sakes without treating it first with, it's just, you know, it, it makes me cringe because then I think of the waterways that we are polluting and some of the things that are happening to our soil. And so there's that whole bucket of way of thinking, but the process and, and what Arx Destroyer has done and understanding what they've done um, to make things as simple as possible, but also as affordable as possible 
uh, to put the onus back on the patient and saying, hey, here's your opioids. And by the way, here's a bottle of uh, RX Destroyer that we strongly suggest that you purchase so that you can prepare yourself for proper disposal. And then, you know, the education that comes with that, letting the the patient know that just went to the dentist and had a tooth extraction and they're feeling some pain and they, they have an opioid for seven days or something like that, that, hey, if you don't use them all, here's the way to get rid of them. And I just think there needs to be this cyclical education. We have to keep teaching our, our, the public and the community about why this is an important part of, um, of minimizing diversion. And, you know, your, your eight-year-old, your 12-year-old, uh, your 18-year-old that, that looks into your, uh, your, your uh, drug cabinet and wants to, uh, you know, experiment or take something or accidentally take something, that, that's just dangerous. Uh, absolutely, I agree. I, I think it's, it's something that um, it just makes sense. And, and as, as healthcare leaders, healthcare professionals, um, it, it's, I feel it's incumbent upon us to kind of lead the way with that. Um, because I feel like if, if we we're doing that in the pharmacies and the distribution facilities and at the manufacturing level and throughout the supply chain, uh, we're, we're exhibiting those good practices. I feel like it'll be a lot easier for the public and, and, and it will be something that we can kind of exert that influence to the public. Uh, and it is, we do have the opportunity, the unique opportunity as pharmacists, healthcare leaders to educate the public, which is a fantastic opportunity that we have because we have their ear. We have the opportunity to speak to these folks and talk about safe and proper di- uh, disposal. Um, and, and even on the, you know, deviating slightly from the, the healthcare aspect and the anti-diversion aspect, you want to avoid the monetary penalties and fines and the healthcare level that can be quite significant by not doing this properly. I mean, even just destroying a controlled substance medication without the proper documentation, I mean, the, the fines can be outrageous, Fifteen, approximately $15,000 per violation. Uh, so those add up really quickly. So it's very important from, uh, even from a business continuity standpoint, make sure you have a, a proper quarantine area, make sure that it's, it's segregated, it's, it's secure, that you have proper record keeping in place. Um, because it, it will help you avoid a lot of headaches and, and it will mitigate the risk of that temptation for abuse and things of that nature that may happen in the healthcare setting. So it, it makes sense all around to ensure you're doing it right. I really enjoy guests, Ben, who not only bring insights to the Pharmacy Podcast Nation and all of our pharmacists who are listening right now, there's many of them that own pharmacies. And what I really like about this interview is is we have opportunities to give back to our listeners that are pharmacy owners to say we have a plan in place uh, there are some services listed on the GTC consulting site I'm going to have this in our show notes and there's the pharmaceutical license support and the site inspections as well as the products that kind of are pulled through some of your consultancy And once again, we're going to list those so that if you're listening and you're curious and you're worried about your own operation or your own business that you want to reach out to Ben and his team, 
you guys have been doing this for quite some time. And I like the fact that you work with your own local sheriff's department to really keep up on, um, you know, hey, here's the penalties and here's the fines. But, you know, that's the that's the uh, the incorrect way to go about this. Let's be more education driven. Let's ensure that your accreditation is up to date and your licensing is up to date and your, your entire team, your technicians, your pharmacists, uh, your cashiers, your entire team understands, um, you know, from a team approach, what what's going on here and how to keep you safe, how to keep your community safe. Can you expand a little bit on the services that you guys offer to a uh, a community pharmacy, um, even a micro chain of pharmacy um, in order to assure that they're doing the right things? Absolutely. So we, we've been fortunate. We've had the opportunity to work with independent pharmacies around the nation. So, so we've been really fortunate there. We've, we've worked with Fortune 500 pharmacy chains, uh, independent pharmacies. So uh, we've had the opportunity to, to experience a pretty broad client base in that regard, and even international manufacturers, distributors. So we're very fortunate there. But the services that we provide at, at the pharmacy level are really focused on ensuring that the record keeping is, is correct, that if you're keeping your records properly. And, and unfortunately, what we find from time to time is some of these things can become overlooked, or maybe they're done a certain way over a, a lengthy period of time, and at, at times it's, it becomes that out of sight, out of mind, or this is the way we've always done it. And you may not be aware. You may think, hey, I'm just, I'm keeping a, for example, I talked to a pharmacist not long ago that said we keep a perpetual controlled substance inventory, uh, been in pharmacy for 33 years, and she had never heard of a biennial inventory, hmm. a controlled substance biennial inventory. And, and, and part of the reason that I believe that exists is DEA's approach to pharmacy over the last several years, it's been very reactive versus proactive. And so that means essentially they come in when there's a, some type of an issue, whether there's a tip or there's a prescriber that ends up being a problem that gets them highlighted or they're an outlier in the Arcos data. Um, and so what we do is we come in and we help pharmacies identify their blind spots. I wouldn't attempt to do the job of a pharmacist. I'm just simply not qualified to do so. Uh, and the same can be said about the type of work that we do um, because we're, we're very focused and we specialize on managing the risks and ensuring that your record keeping is, is proper, it's in place, all licenses are where they need to be, that you haven't hired staff that maybe has uh, felony criminal convictions in the past. So there's many blind spots that exist that you may not be aware of. Proper disposal and quarantine is certainly one of them. Um, but that's essentially where we come in and we help kind of give you a risk assessment and help you identify those spots. Because the, the real issue is it can be systemic. And if you have a systemic problem, uh, a record keeping error, whether it's a 106 or a form 41, or whatever the case may be, your bio inventory, power of attorney forms. If you have a systemic issue and you're looking at a, an approximate $15,000 fine per violation, and oftentimes the DEA will go back seven years in, in their investigation, you could be looking at millions of dollars of fines. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so certainly they, they reduce that to what the pharmacy can, can afford, but they're not really 
they're worried about protecting the public, ensuring you comply. They're not really looking at business continuity. They, they want to make sure that the public is safe. Um, so it, it helps for a fraction of that cost, significantly fraction of that cost, to have an expert come in and say, here's the blind spots, here's where improvements can be made. And then you can keep that on file, you can make those changes, and you can see where you're at on an annual or biannual basis, however you want to do it to ensure that you are enhancing your, your compliance program um, throughout your business model. So let's pretend for a second you and I are partners. We own a couple pharmacies. Uh, what governing body um, comes into our pharmacy that might um, poke around at our policy and procedures and, and what our pharmacy is doing um, operationally and, and, and then possibly be fined for not doing something correct? So you really have, you, you have three types of inspections, uh, essentially in the controlled substance world. Okay. You have a DEA inspection, you have a state board of pharmacy inspection, and then you have a third, which really isn't a governing body necessarily, but it's your wholesale distributor inspection. Okay. So that's where a distributor sends out someone, uh, usually an outside expert, to conduct an expert um, analysis of the, the pharmacy. We'll take photographs, write a report, um, we'll, we'll ask questions, we'll go through records, Etc. So it's a pretty extensive process, and then we furnish all that to the distributor so that they can have a have that diligence on file. Um, all of those 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 three types of inspections really mirror each other. Uh, they're they're very similar in nature, although the focus is slightly different. For example, the state board of pharmacy isn't really focused on your compliance with federal regulations. They're focused on your compliance with the state level regulations, um, which makes sense, they're state level employees. But uh, for the most part, all three of these are to ensure that the pharmacy is operating in a manner that's consistent with the public's interest. That is the primary goal. Uh, and in doing so, you, there's a number of things that we look at. Record keeping is a, is a major one. Uh, so you have multiple records that you're supposed to keep at the pharmacy level. DEA 106 is if you have theft or loss of controlled substances, you're supposed to report that on a DEA 106. But not just report it, it's got to be properly reported. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and oftentimes we find record keeping errors where there's mistakes on the 106. It was thrown together last minute or the pharmacist was busy and they didn't put the time they needed to put into it. Uh, and maybe they put the wrong value, the estimated value of the narcotics or the wrong number um, and that can be a, quite a disastrous situation and bring additional scrutiny on, on the pharmacy. So it's very important that every record is maintained properly. You have disposal records, your DEA Form 41 for all narcotics that are wasted uh, on site. Uh, it's very important that that's completed properly and that it's signed by the destroyer and the witness. Um, so, so you have all of these records of buying your inventory, that uh, it's very important that they're properly maintained and, and those fines can become quite substantial. In addition to the $15,000 fine per violation for record keeping error, uh, there, there's also a potential fine for up to $64,000. And this is mainly, this focus is on uh, the failure of a pharmacist to exercise corresponding responsibility or dispensing an invalid prescription blank purchasing controlled substances under an invalid or missing power of attorney, 
so it's very important that those documents are properly completed. They're on site. They're readily retrievable when you have a surprise inspection. Uh, that's the other thing that people aren't aware of. DEA is not going to stay at your pharmacy the entire day. And if they do, they're not going to be very happy with you. <laughs> so it's very important that, that the records are in order. It says a lot about the quality of the pharmacy operation. It really does. And so it, it's important on a number of levels, not just uh, risk mitigation from a monetary penalty standpoint, but on what level of quality do we as an organization adhere to. And, and if you and I own a pharmacy together, my goal would be to ensure that that quality was the highest it could possibly be. And so that means continually evaluating, enhancing the program, continually monitoring what we're doing and ensuring that we don't get into a situation that uh, we shouldn't be in in the first place. So I like the mixture of clients that you have that I think brings an additional level of value to a pharmacy operator and owner, especially those that are in the specialty disease state that know that they're dealing with um, uh, you know, drugs that are at different classes that they have to be a lot more sensitive about. Um, GTC Consultants works with pharmacies, distributors, insurance providers, government attorneys, physicians and this entire uh, ecosystem uh, brings together all of the stakeholders to ensure that everybody is compliant and it's overlapping so that we're not missing anything. Um, what have you seen in your background, uh, kind of the, the average um, mistakes, the common mistakes that pharmacies are making uh, that could be uh, mitigated, the risks that could be avoided uh, based on the consultancy that you guys give? Well, I, I would say that the, we, our approach to risk mitigation consulting is very holistic. So we don't just focus on, hey, we're, we're going to look at record keeping. Uh, we really like to prepare our clients uh, for anything that may come their way. And so really what that comes down to at the end of the day is it's not what you did necessarily, it's what you can prove. Uh, and so documentation is very important. Uh, conducting due diligence is extremely important. And unfortunately, it's one of those activities at times in the pharmacy world that is so easily overlooked because we're so focused on uh, either uh, filling that prescription or um, managing patient care or the business aspect of, of pharmacy or just in general. And, and it can be easily overlooked. You know, we, we may not take the time to be looking as in-depth as we should be at our, at our top prescribers of controlled substances. Are we routinely evaluating those prescribers to ensure that there are not disciplinary issues, that there are not um, things that maybe we we would otherwise not be aware of. So it's very important that we, we look at those things. We look at our data. We see what our controlled versus non-controlled is. Does it match our model? Does it make sense? Is there outlying cash payments for this? Is, and, and being able to um, explain all this and, and ensure that you know, we, we put ourselves in a defensible position because the reality is if you're in business for a long time, there's a good chance that at some point you're going to have some sort of regulatory action. 
right. uh, and it could be something minor. It could be something very serious. But the problem is, like I said, most of the time it ends up being systemic. And that's where you have a very disastrous situation where you've been in business for 30 years and you find out that there's this multitude of record keeping errors that now the government has come to collect on. Uh, so we, we really try to make sure, and, and a big part of that starts with good policies. You have to have good standard operating procedures. And that is something that um, we do a lot of. We write a lot of standard operating procedures for manufacturers, distributors, pharmacies. Um, so it, it's very important that you're able to do that and to get answers. It's not always easy to get answers from the government. <laughs> they, they aren't necessarily always a willing participant uh, in, in collaborating with you and discussing with you. And so it, it helps if you're working with someone that is pretty well networked in the government that can get some of those answers and maybe help guide you through those things. So it's certainly worthwhile to, to bring in expertise to do that kind of stuff. I always tell people when they say, you know, that's expensive or we don't have the money, you know, a, a $15,000 single record keeping error is significant. And, and there's very, very limited services that we offer that extend beyond that range, unless we're talking about a long-term arrangement. Yep. And uh, just adding more stress to a pharmacy operator that, that wasn't prepared, I think can be avoided based on um, just like you go to the dentist so that you don't have uh, cavities uh, in your mouth. You're going, you know, twice a year as preventative. It's probably good to get on some some kind of cycle with you and your team uh, to just do some check-in with uh, with a with an advisor like yourself and with uh, Dr. Frank Mink, who's who's on your team, and and George uh, Jimenez and and your whole advisory team. I think you guys, you know, would be more than willing to do a a check-in with, with pharmacies to ensure that they're, that they're compliant. Absolutely. And, and the reality is Todd, it is our, our passion is public health and healthcare uh, and both of those. And I, and those are absolutely synonymous in my mind. Uh, so certainly it's, it's something that we deeply care about and we invest ourselves into our clients uh, because their success truly is our success. And we're not, we don't care, we really don't care about the, the recognition. Our focus is results. We want to see pharmacy succeed. We really do. And, and we want to see the government succeed in their mission. We want to see everyone succeed. And uh, we, we do our best to make sure that that is the case, that the, that the pharmacy industry is ready and prepared when the government comes in and that we mitigate some of those very avoidable risks. These are things that are very avoidable. Um, and so if, if we can do that, uh, that's a win for us. That's a win for the public. And uh, hopefully we can leave the world in a better place than, than it is today when we leave. <laughs> Great. Yep, I can't think of a more challenging year than this year with so many things that's taken place. It's a record setting uh, situation that pharmacists are in and the communities in and that, that we're all in together, but very much appreciate the insights today, Ben. I want to give a shout out to um, Miranda Eckert, who's on the, um, the Global uh, Manufacturing Incorporated, the C2R Global Manufacturing Team, who really helps to oversee the operations of Arx Destroyer. You guys have been a great partner. You brought us uh, some amazing interviews. Uh, this one with GTC Consulting, 
we'll have um, your show note in the show notes. We'll have connection ability to get in touch with Ben and his team. So that if you're interested in working with GTC consulting, uh, they're more than open and willing to, to help you out as a pharmacy uh, operator. Ben, thanks so much for being on our, on our show today and, and for being part of the insights of, of the RX Destroyer um, product line. Thank you, Todd. It was an honor and a privilege. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network and Nation, brought to you by the RX Destroyer team at rxdestroyer.com. Today's guest was Benjamin Mink. He's with GTC Consulting, the president and CTO. Look them up and see if, um, if they're not going to be able to help you. I know that they will be in really mitigating the risk of this world uh, that we're all in together. And as always, we thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. If you enjoy the leading podcast network dedicated to the business and profession of pharmacy, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know which channel is your favorite. And remember, the pharmacist is the hub of healthcare.